adesso parte il tiro, rete, 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 un gol straordinario! Welcome to Rete This Way, a cultural podcast that brings the latest and greatest news from the world of Serie A soccer. Um, I'm not sure why we chose this song. It sounds, I mean, again, this guy is saying the dog doesn't recognize him anymore. Uh, he's not sure if these are his keys. It could be, it could be a metaphor for how Juventus feel uh, as they near the end of this uh, Scudetto race. Uh, it just doesn't seem like they're their old Scudetto, I think. Is that uh, their, their old Campionato? <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, uh, welcome to the pod. <laughs> um, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed uh, Antonella Venditti. I know Paolo did. Uh, Paolo Nobloni Mangoni, of course. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we have um, Coach, or sorry, Mr. Chris Baselli. Hello, everybody. Coach Mr. is what we'll call you. And, <laughs> uh, and of course, we have... Padju, Julian D'Angelo. How's everybody doing tonight? Again, uh, everyone is doing fantastic because now right to this way is on. And uh, yeah, they can hear exactly. Antonello Venditti in the background, talk about a dog, talk about other stuff. <laughs> um, it's a good time. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing about, Paulo? Yeah, it's a great song. And that's what he's talking about. He's talking about a dog. Yeah, no, but it's, uh, he's talking about his relationship. Well, I'll tell you, this relationship sounds like it sucks. Yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> the whole point of the song. Shit. It's a great song. Oh, what? That, that, oh, that specifically makes it a great song? Well, I mean, it's a great um, great storytelling, you know. And plus, it has a good chorus, which which we missed. Yeah, well, we're not playing it. Um, yeah, of course. But uh, you know what? I'll give you that. It, it, it does have it, – it, it invokes some very – you're right, some very uh, – good visuals in terms of kind of painting uh, a picture, the, yeah. the picture for you. Right. So that, that's, yeah. that's fair. But again, it has nothing to do with Calcio. So let's continue. Unless, well, unless of say. course it's, it's the way that we, I've described it in terms of Juventus and then, then I'm okay to, to well, maybe I mean, we should it, play more of it. Uh, I mean, let's say if uh, Roman wins the Europa <laughs> Michael, what I was about to say, if Roma wins the Europa League, we'll play Grazia Rome by Antonella Venditti. Okay. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, yeah. Okay. Well, actually, you know what? Either way, let's play it. <laughs> still, We still want to thank Roma, right? So True, true. For yeah. going that far. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Um, okay. We have, uh, we have lots of show to get to today. So uh, let's, let's start off here with, we'll do a little bit of recap. So again, we had some midweek games this past week. Plus we just had, what was it? Match day 30? 30, 30, yeah. 30. Yeah. So let's uh, quickly again, just go over some of these 
uh, games that had to be replayed. And there was first off, um, they actually were both at the same time, but we'll, we'll just briefly talk, touch on Juve Napoli, which was, uh, has been sought uh, since the beginning of the season when it was canceled. It was, you know, all uh, it was three points given, then taketh away, and, and then it was given back. Juventus won 2 1. Uh, Ronaldo scores. Dybala scores on his, uh, I guess, a, a return, uh, and uh, Insigne as well um, scores in the 90th of PK. Uh, uh, We've got to we talk about uh, that Chiesa assist for Ronaldo. For, for Ronnie? Yeah. So, like, I mean, Chiesa burned his marker, was it inside out, and then and crossed it in? Uh, it was nice, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah I mean, Chiesa, we, we don't really need to talk about him because we've talked about him for the past million weeks it feels like but he's he clearly is again Juventus is for sure best transfer this season uh and he just continues to again show why he he definitely he has a, a big club mentality in my opinion and he's able to kind of perform and that's great it's good but, for Juve uh, uh like he's <laughs> he's what we expected from Bernadeschi as well agreed agreed yeah so um, who were also both Fiorentina captains, but I think Bernadeschi would have uh, been better if he stayed at Fiorentina, in my opinion. But anyway, well, that's a that's a topic for another conversation. Okay, we'll we'll book we'll bookmark that then. Yeah. Um, okay, and then the other game, of course, was Inter and Sassuolo, uh, and that ended two one as well. Lukaku scored in the tenth. Uh, Latauro scores to make it two nothing, and then uh, Traore scores to make it two one. So very similar in terms of the um, results. It was uh, again two nothing turned into two one. Um, so actually, in this in this particular instance, I'll say typically it's it's Inter following Juventus's lead, but uh, in both <laughs> these in both these game or this game here, uh, Inter scored in the tenth minute. Then in, if you look at the other game, Ronaldo scored in the thirteenth minute. So you know they're like, okay, I guess we'll, we'll score two. Then Lataro in the 67th, and then Dybala in the 73rd. So it's, you know, we're, I think it's the other way now. It just goes to show you <laughs> what's happening this season in terms of the mess that's happening at Juventus. Well, uh, so uh, I, just wanted, I forgot a stat for the uh, Juventus game. So uh, in all the games that Buffon played, uh, appearances this season, I believe it's six or seven, uh, he's only conceded... Uh, 0.4 goals per game, while Shashezny has conceded one goal per game this season. I, I think, uh, yeah, again, I don't want to get into a long discussion about this, but typically, like, teams at the top of the table, when the season is done, they play a 38-game season, they're, they're probably going to let in between, you know, 35 and 45 goals, which, you know, you're going to come in around a goal against per game. So I think just the fact that Buffon's played less games helps the, the case here. I think if Buffon was playing 30 games this season, he'd be around Chesney's number, but that's just my opinion. Right. Well, it's like a sample size, right? Yeah. Issue, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, that being said, Paulo's point, though, is that, uh, again, the, the actual games in which, I guess, those uh, took place, again, one of the games that he played was was the Barcelona game where they came out with a three nothing win? You know what I mean? Like it's it's just yeah. a little bit, it's a little bit more than yes, it's the numbers are are what they are, and, and again, it's a little bit of sample discrepancy there. But it is there is some meaning there, but you have to pull it's, it pretty yeah, hard. Yeah, it's, it's noteworthy, but yeah, for asterisk. Sure. And, yeah. and it also uh, you know kind of helps his case in the fact that he want he wants to play more 
or mm-hmm. should have played more this season. So, I mean, that uh, that also helps in my so, opinion. So let me tell you why he didn't. It's because of that Porco Dio that he keeps. Yes. Fun. To, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> multiple... <laughs> Wait, are you like, as in uh, like a Hindu that there's multiple gods or are you saying that <laughs> he said it twice? I, I mean, I was saying which, which, which Porco Dio. Okay. Yeah, which Porco Dio? Okay. Well, he did. He finally did get suspended from the Porco Dio when he said against uh, against Parma, which was like what three months after he said it. Yeah, I don't know. Any no, case, something like that. Uh, okay, so moving on to the Inter game, the no, yes. like noteworthy stat from that game is that Inter had thirty percent possession. <laughs> See. Yeah, and they still came away with the win. That's what's important. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you watch like. That was their plan, though. Genuinely, if you watched the game, they literally just sat back and waited to counter. And hey, it worked. Yeah, yeah. And and what was the expected uh, goals uh, in that game, Chris? I didn't see that one. I'm assuming it was off because you're bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I just wanted to bring it up, and the same thing that happened. Uh, you know, in 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 Europa League th- uh, this week, which we'll touch touch upon that later. All right, sure. Uh, okay, well, let's move on to uh, match day 30. Uh, so this was – it wasn't all one one day. It was a Saturday-Sunday affair for uh, – and a Monday, actually, um, for Serie A. But uh, it started off with a really great matchup, which I'm not sure how many people were excited about it, but I think we definitely were. Uh, it started off with Spezia Crotone. Yes, Um so big game for both teams. Crotone, I mean, I think we've all agreed they're relegated. I don't think they're coming back from this. Um, but Spezia, of course, they're trying to finish season strong, make sure they don't get relegated. Um, so Crotone actually opened the scoring in this one through a kind of weird half-chip lob with his back to goal from Coffee GG, which is our actually our goal of the week. Yes. Exactly that. Yeah, he just his back to goal. It it the sh- ball comes back to him. He's he just kind of loops it back with his uh, uh, a shot that just kind of goes goes right over the keeper. Yeah, it was a nice shot, especially from a center back. I don't know what he was doing at the top of the eighteen, but <laughs> that's what hey, he was doing. Works. Yeah, apparently, Spencer um, was able to get one back through uh, Daniele Verde again. Um, another nice finish from him. He's the one. He was our goal of the week last week with his bicycle kick. Um, Crotone then took the lead through Simi, his 16th goal of the season, which is actually quite a fairly large accomplishment, in my opinion. I'm interested to see where he'll end up next year. Um, but Crotone being Crotone, they have allowed 77 goals so far this season. Um, majority of scores in the 89th off of a free kick. Not a direct free kick. A ball swung in, kind of a bit of a cluster in the box. He's standing to the side, gets the ball and scores. And then, sure enough, Ehrlich scores in the 92nd minute. Um, again, another free kick. 
I think as Miley got his head to it, bounced off the crossbar right to Ehrlich, who was standing wide open in front of the net to put it away. Um, so Spezia with a big three points. Cotone still looks like they're going to finish bottom of the table. Um, I did try and see what the record was for goals against in a season. Couldn't find it, but I think they might be on pay for it. Uh, I think it was the season when Prescata was in Syria. I, I went through like the past like 10 years and I saw Lecce, I think last season had 85 against. Jeez. Um, and that was one of the highest. Pescata's was around there as well, kind of mid 80s. But yeah, Cotone's at 77 with eight games to go. Yeah, that's, so I think they're gonna, that's, that's good. They're going to break it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we're all happy Spezia won. I think, in my opinion, this might now where they're currently sitting might just be enough. Uh, 10 points up on Cali I think they might just be in the clear. They have 32 points? Yeah. yeah. One yeah, more like, win. Like I, yeah. yeah, well, like I keep saying, like 42 points, I think, is enough for, for safety. We'll see. I think the, the, the other, I think we, I feel like we've talked about them for a few weeks in a row now, but it's, you probably guys know, think where I'm going, but see me. Um, I think it's, <laughs> was it his 14th goal, Julian? 15th, I think. 15th, 16th. 16th yeah. So, I think now the conversation is not so much, you know, yeah, six, Crotone going down. 16? 16? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The conversation is not so much as Crotone going down, but is Simi going to get signed? And if so, Picked by up. who? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he's ready to be the lead man at, you know, a top half club, but I can see him being, you know, assuming Vlaovic leaves, I can see him being a backup at Fiorentina. Um, or a backup at Udinese, kind of one of those clubs. Um, maybe a Cagliari, you know, assuming they fight the drop. So uh, I'll be interested to see where he lands because uh, did not see this coming. Now, do you, do you think he would be able to um, survive at like a bigger club though? Like not, not being, again, the number one person there, but do you think he, yeah. he, it would be like a, a reasonable, you know, assumption that he might be picked up by a bigger club? I think I guess it depends on what the club can offer in terms of playing time and what his ambitions are. Because I can see, you know, a club like Lazio getting rid of uh, Muriki, Murishi, and maybe bringing Simi in as that third striker behind, you know, Correa and Immobile and even right. Caicedo. But you know, Simi, who's the, the the big man on campus at Crotone, I don't know if he's willing to go to Lazio and play once a month. Um, so yeah, I think it'll depend on how ambitious he is. Right. Well, again, it's uh, yeah. We'll see what what kind of happens there because again, he's that's sixteen goals is good for fourth right now in the league, uh, above uh, King Ibra here, uh, <laughs> who's at fifteen, I think. So it's uh, yeah, again, definitely a, a great season for him so far. And again, considering he's on uh, Crotone, it's it's uh, a, a big accomplishment at that too. Uh, okay, uh, other games. So Milan one three one. Um, Ibra had uh, a sending off that was, uh, I guess, notable. There, there was some scuffle with the with the referee as well. I think Paula, just quickly, if you <laughs> want to talk about it. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure Ibra had a conversation with the referee. I probably told him off. Like, I, I'm not, a, I'm not sh- certain what exactly was said, but you know, it's Maresca, so it's always him. So you know, uh, again. Uh, <laughs> It always seems to be end up with uh, Maresca. There's a few refs that are always in the center of controversy. And this time it's Maresca again with an Ibrahimovic who end up going to a sandwich shop 
uh, after the game, like on the weekend after the game as well. So also caused controversy with that. So I go in the head. There, w- there was no sandwich. controversy there. <laughs> he was well, no, hungry. Because, <laughs> no, because uh, it's it's a red zone in Milan. Uh... So yeah. So again, he caused controversy by you know going out to eat in a red zone. Yeah. Um, what did he, he say when? He... <laughs> <laughs> what did he say when he got COVID? Did he say something like uh, COVID should be afraid? Yes, probably. Yeah. Of him, yeah. 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 Uh, okay, well, anyways, he got a red card in the 60th. It's, it's already 2 nothing Milan at that point. Um, but Parma can't really take advantage of it. They get one goal, but that's it. And then Leao finishes it, 3-1. It ends. Uh, the next game was Torino-Udinese. So actually, uh, I, I I watched this game instead of watching El Clasico for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> so actually, the ball had multiple chances in the first half, but actually, uh, Torino managed to escape. Uh, to me, uh, Undinese was more of the uh, creative side as Torino just sat back uh, during the first half. Uh, actually, so Torino were given a PK after uh, Arslan fouled Bellotti in the box. And the Torino captain scored the ensuing PK. It was a, it was a very dumb foul. Uh, Bolotti had his back, uh, back to goal, and there was no need for Arslan to come in, come in and foul him. Uh, so it was a very disappointing, uh, disappointingly foul for uh, for Undinese to concede. So actually, Undinese were given a PK about uh, six seven minutes later, uh, but it was called back uh, for I don't know. This uh, to me, this is a very controversial decision. Uh, Bongiorno was actually um, in the box as well, and uh, Bacal was trying to get past him. And in my opinion, I I thought the foul, you know, did take place in the box. Erati uh, thought otherwise. Uh, Var just uh, they went to Var and they managed to call it back. Uh, and there was no no foul even given at the end of that play. Uh, there, it was a drop ball and play resumed. Uh, again, I, I I definitely thought. It was a mistake. I, you know, what, do you, what did you guys think of the call? For the one that got called back, sorry? Yes. Yeah, yeah, so we were talking about this offline, but the, the angles from the, uh, the stream that I saw, it looked like a foul just uh, from where I saw the contact was made. It looked like it was inside the box. Now, I, again, I didn't see too many angles, so it's possible there is another angle there that's clearly showing either the, the player dove or the contact occurred outside the box, but from the angles I saw, and there were two of them, uh, it looked like the contact was inside the box. So I thought PK would have been the call. So um, yeah, I'll stick with that. And hopefully I can find another, another angle that proves me wrong. Yeah. Michael. No, yeah. I mean, it's, I I just, what, what irks me again is, is that there's, if it was, in fact, again, if it was obvious and they changed it because they called it, right? They called it a, a penalty and, and then eventually they went back and looked at it. That's the whole point of VAR is that you're supposed to be looking and, and confirming these calls that, that they are the right calls or, or non-calls and confirming that they, they should have been called, et cetera, right? So I'm happy in the sense that it, that is happening. Um, again, I personally, in this, in this instance, I'm not sure that it's the right call. Uh, but I applaud them for trying. <laughs> it's the effort that counts. Yeah, An effort was exactly. made. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, uh, but 
again, uh, perhaps we can move on to, to Sam Thor and Natalie because there's a certain sim- similar situation to this as well. Okay. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, okay, well, that's it for that, for that game then? Yeah, like, pr- pretty much. Like, the game was conditioned by, that, uh, by, the, by VAR taking away that penalty. Uh, and then Isaac could have easily tied it up. Uh, and then it was pretty much 3-0 that created most of the chances uh, after that, uh, that VAR review. Let me tell you, this whole uh, Scudetto has been conditioned. There's a whole <laughs> asterisk all, all year this campaign. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, anyways, moving on here. So that was the end of Saturday's games. Um, Inter played Cagliari Sunday morning, I think it was. And uh, Darmian scores a, uh, a, a very uh, important goal in the 77th to make a one nothing to continue that win streak. And again, they're, they're inching closer, but it's, it's, it's coming. That that uh, what is it? Nineteenth Scudetto. Yeah, it'd be the nineteenth. Um, and yeah, it was their eleventh win in a row, twelfth home win in right. a row. Yeah, it's uh, impressive for sure. Um, Juventus uh, take all three points as well against Genoa. Uh, Kulusevski scores in the fourth. Uh, Morata scores with uh, it was a, a weird bounce. Ronaldo ended up hitting the post, I think, and then uh, Morata is there to clean it up. Uh, Skamaka scores a nice header to make it 2-1 and, and make it a little closer, but uh, McKenney makes it 3-1 after coming on as a sub, I believe. Um, and, uh, yeah, Juventus takes it 3-1. Lazio played uh, Ellis Verona, and they won 1-0. Uh, a last-minute goal, uh, SMS. Malinkovic-Savage scores to make it 1-0 in the 90th, uh, and Lazio take it for three points. Good for them. Uh, kind of... It keeps their Champions League, I guess, hopes uh, alive at this point, which is, uh, again, important for them. That's kind of what they're they're striving for at this point. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, here we'll get into Napoli-Sampdoria. So it's, it ends 2-0. Uh, uh, Fabian Ruiz scores in 35th to make a 1-0. And uh, Thorsby actually should have had a goal, but it was taken back because there was a foul on Koulibaly, uh, and they reversed it. They said it was no goal because of that foul. And in my opinion, it was a little bit of a, a light foul. I wouldn't really call it. It just looks like every other goal where people are trying to get ahead a of the defender to kind of head it in. There wasn't that much pressure. Again, this is my this is my opinion. I'm not sure if that's everyone else's, but it was a little bit of a harsh call for Sampdoria. And again, they, they get the goal wiped away. Um, and then Oshman makes it 2-0 uh, in the 87th gets a break uh, and puts it away for the 2 nothing win for Napoli. Uh, I know Paulo also agrees with me in the sense that it, it should have been a goal, but <laughs> his was more because he uh, lost money on it. I'll, I'll go before uh, <laughs> Paulo gets in there. So it's, it's, it's tough. I think it's one of those calls where uh, I agree, Mike. I think it, it kind of happens on almost every corner. There's some sort of player leading on one another. Uh, depending on how tall the two players are, it becomes a bit more obvious. But it's one of those calls where um, if the ref had called it in live time, I, I'd be okay with it. Um, I don't know if, if there was if it was um, clear and obvious when you go back to VAR and look at it. I agree. I think it was soft. Um, yeah, I, I think that's harsh. I, I like Napoli. I like Gattuso. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they, they kind of got away with one. The other quick thing I want to mention is Right before that corner kick took place, um, I'll have to triple check, but I'm pretty sure Gattuso made a double sub. Uh, so the ball went out for a corner. 
uh, and he makes a double sub and then Sam scores right off that play. And uh, the commentators took the words out of my mouth, which is that you're, you know, traditionally, you know, by the book, you're not supposed to make substitutions. Yeah. Or, or just any uh, set piece that you're defending just because there's a lot of communication. They're not up to the speed of the game and sure enough what happened. So um, yeah, I I agree. I I think it was soft and I kind of looked towards Gattuso to say, you know, like what the hell are you doing? Just wait, wait for that play to, to finish out and then get your subs in. Right. Uh, uh, also, Ospina was actually injured like mi- like a minute, a minute or two. I actually think it was. Like, so I think the corner happened, well. and the play leading up to the corner is where he got injured. Because um, Maret was actually going to – it was going to be a triple sub. Yeah. Um, and on Ospina waved him off. Yeah, good, good point. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, it, it could also have been because Ospina was injured that – yeah, I mean, Ospina wasn't even really close so, to it. So, but I see what you're saying. Uh, in terms of the PK, I mean, like I've seen worse not called. Yes. Yeah, like so that's what I don't understand. <laughs> I'm like, was it as Chris said? Was it really clear and obvious? Like, was it, you know, like did he, you know, gr- like essentially like jumped? like literally jumped on top of him like as uh, to gain a, a a big advantage I'm like there was no really advantage other than like he was you know softly leaning on him yeah like, I, I don't I don't understand see like Michael it goes back to the point I said I think it was a couple weeks ago where you know like I wish we could hear the audio from the refs to understand okay like was it was it this that they were looking at like did they, did they say, oh, is this a, like a clearing, obvious foul? Like, we don't know what was said. We don't know how they made the, their ruling. It's the same thing for the uh, Unanese-Torino game. Like, well, do we know that they decide that it wasn't out of the box, uh, well, that, that it was out of the box? Uh, mm-hmm. How come it wasn't a foul? Like, we don't know what goes into their decisions. And that's the frustrating part. Yeah, I agree. It, like, that's – it's – it's easy enough to to solve for that. Again, you just have to have uh, like there has to be like a like the players go through a press conference after a game. The refs do something similar, but it's it just isn't done anywhere, right? There's no sport that has a referee sit down and explain their decision making. Which, in my opinion, I think that like they they ha- hold the most power over the game. So why wouldn't you hold them accountable for? for the calls that they're making. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's, I understand that it's, it's a difficult position to be in when you have to adjudicate basically what you're seeing in front of you in live time. But again, that's the point of having all these other tools to help you is that you can make sure that you're making the right call. So uh, to your point, I don't know, Chris, I think Chris uh, knows this better than me, but I know uh, rugby, you literally have a live feed of, uh, the audio from the referee and the review booth. I know in Australian soccer as well, uh, they have uh, a similar uh, communication system. So it, it's it all comes down to the willingness of the leagues in Europe to implement what we already have an, uh, what, what we already have examples uh, examples of in in another sport in rugby and in a in another league in Australia. Yeah, I, again, it's it's. I'm not sure if this if this is ever going to happen. Honestly, I don't know that uh, there's an appetite for it within you know 
many of the leagues, let alone Serie A. But I, I just personally, and I think a lot of people would probably agree that they'd, they'd like to see something like that. Um, but at least now, again, I think there was, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but there was some mandate where uh, it was the league allowed them or, or the referees association has okayed it now that uh, referees can talk about the decision afterwards. So, yeah. So, uh, I mean, okay. So the ref that was on La Domenica Sportiva last week actually made uh, the call in the Udinese Torino game. Right. So the irony, the irony of that as well. Um, but yes, they they are on. If you watch La Domenica Sportiva, uh, you know, when, if, whenever you get a chance, the refs are on as well, and they able to ask the hosts are able to ask them questions, but. When it comes to specifically talking about an incident, I don't think they're allowed to give a clear answer, in my opinion. Right. And I'm not sure, if again, if that's a mandated thing or if that's just them not wanting to sound stupid in front of a lot of people who are constantly going to be, you know. Again, this, this to me, this this measure of allowing refs to talk, uh, uh, you know, just in general. Okay, sure, it's a step in the right direction, but to me, it's a cop out when you could easily broadcast the audio live. Yeah, I mean, like that that will solve all of all the issues that they have of transparency. Okay, so instead of just uh, you know putting putting a referee on uh, as a you know uh, as an act, might as well you know bring us straight to the live feed of the referee's audio. I mean, it, it doesn't make it. It's just, it's disappointing because there's so much more that they can do, but they won't do. Yeah. Agreed. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's move on with that. That's a really good book end to it. So uh, in any case, back to this, uh, Napoli take a two nothing win. It, it was, again, they ended up getting a second goal anyways. So who knows? It, it may have been two one in the end. So again, they still earn their victory here. It's two uh, nothing and they get three points. They're uh, definitely still in contention for uh, a top four finish, um, albeit uh, with another result later on, it uh, pushed them into fifth. Uh, but again, they went to nothing. Uh, Roma took on Bologna. It ended in a one nothing uh, victory for uh, for the Gellarossi. Uh, Mayoral scores in the forty fourth, uh, and again, Roma take all all three points. Um, Fiorentina. So this was Atalanta. probably. The most entertaining game of the, the weekend. Um, highest scoring one tied with the Spezia Crotone game. But it was Zapata, Duvan Zapata, who scored the first one off a corner. Uh, he was basically unmarked uh, by Fiorentina. The closest defender to him was uh, Jack Bonaventura. So kind of questionable defending there. I don't know if that's a Ranieri setup or a mistake from the players. But, you know, I think anybody who's watched enough Serie A would know that. Zapata's the, their biggest threat in the air off a corner, so uh, I don't know why he had that much time and space because he's going to score those 10 times out of 10, but uh, yeah, he makes it 1-0. Um, Fiorentina were basically just set up to play on the counter. They were in their 3-5-2 with Vlaovic and Christian Kwame up top, um, but it was Zapata who got his second goal after a beautiful chip-through ball uh, from Malinovsky. Uh, so that made it two nil. So two nil Atalanta at half, uh, just after or just into the second half rather. Uh, Fiorentina's leading goal scorer Dusan Vlaovic volleyed home his 14th goal of the season to make it two one. Uh, and then not too long after that, uh, Vlaovic made it two two. Um, do have to give credit to Kwame. He he did a lot of the work there, rather all of the work. 
uh, kind of making a nice run to get in behind. And then he squared it for Vlaovic, who, who tapped it in for his 15th of the season. Uh, but then just minutes after that, uh, handball by uh, Martinez Cuarta from Fiorentina. And uh, Josip Ilicic, who had just been subbed on, uh, stepped up to take the PK. And he blasted it in to make it 3-2, uh, which was the final score of the game. Uh, 3-2 Atalanta. Um, I do also want to give special mention to um, Fiorentina goalkeeper Dragovski. I thought he made th- two, maybe three spectacular saves on high-quality high scoring chances. If, if Atalanta scores those, Fiorentina's out of the game uh, a lot earlier than they were. So credit to him. Um, I know we're not doing a, you know, a transfer segment, but I feel like Dragovski is kind of one of those keepers that could maybe step in for Handanovic next season. Um, and yeah, and I, I think some... I would love I that. Get down a rabbit hole here, but some could make the argument that he's Poland's best goalkeeper now. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Good. It was a fun game to watch maybe. overall. <laughs> um, I also heard, though, I know you mentioned Inter there. I, I think I heard that Hendenovic mm-hmm. is actually looking to extend. So I'm not sure if he'll, uh, if they're even going to move on from Hendenovic. Yeah, no, I've. That's, they have mentioned that. I think they will extend him. He's honestly, I thought he'd be a question mark this year, but the second half of the season, yeah, he's they, been it, quite good. Sorry, go ahead. No complaints from me. He's he's <laughs> been doing some yoga. No, he's been Stretch doing some yoga. He's been out. stretching and. <laughs> uh, yeah, just last turning into Gumbertulian. Uh, I don't know how many games this season I've watched where Vlaovic and Kuame both start from from the opening whistle. So it was good to see them working together. From the beginning of the season, I thought that could have been a you know a pretty lethal pair, but I haven't seen them start too many games together. So if Vlaovic somehow stays at Fiorentina into next season, I think that would be a duo that could probably combine for thirty goals or more. Um, assuming the right manager is in place as well. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. again, you've been high on Vlavic all, all season too. You've been talking about him. Um, you know, he was. Uh, he earlier, I think he had some struggles a little bit earlier on, mm-hmm. but you you were saying the skills for sure there. But uh, yeah, in any case, again, it's it, it's interesting that Fiorentina again almost take uh, some more points again these against these top teams, right? We saw it against. Uh, Juventus obviously they they yep. beat Juventus three nothing I think it was right um, and they did put up a fight I believe against Inter didn't they or I think yeah. it was closer yeah the opening, the opening game. game opening match day yeah Inter won four right. three on the last second header and it was three two up and three two Fiorentina right like and then a couple weeks ago and again I think it was three two Milan in the end so it's it's interesting that Fiorentina are where they are they're about fifteenth now I think so again they're they're it looks like they'll be staying up again. They need to secure probably another 10 points just to make sure of that. Right. But they've actually been giving a little bit of trouble to these, some top yep. teams, even though they've been losing. And then it the elsewhere, this right? last point, I think it was Christian yeah. Romero who got a yellow card early on for it, it maybe could have been a red, but uh, nonetheless he got a yellow. And so that leaves him suspended for the upcoming game against Juve. So that's a, a little bonus for Juve for sure. <laughs> well, we paid him to do that. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, moving on. Then uh, the last game of the match day was uh, Sassuolo Benevento. Uh, and uh, that ends one nothing uh, after an own goal. 
in uh, I think the first half was it? I think at the end of the first half. Yeah, yeah. it was. The Dedico Barba. I was yeah. Him so a little it, bit. Um, again, it. Yeah. It was unlucky. The ball was played along low along the front of the goal. Basically, if he didn't get it. Um, I think it was Raspadori yeah. was literally right on his back. Gotten it anyways. Yeah. It in, so. so in any case, yeah. again, Benevento lose, but so do the three in the bottom three of positions of the table as well. So they don't, uh, they don't lose spots, but they don't gain either. Right. So they're still eight points above relegation at this point. So we'll see again if they can maintain that and stay in City A for next season. Uh, okay. Well, that again wraps up our match day 30. Uh, for everybody so why don't we uh, do we have Chris do you want to go over um, last week's uh, yeah who I can am I go first before we go for break um, so last week okay. for who am I hit number one uh, of all the top five leagues in Europe uh, Serie A is the only league he has played in hints number two this player has uh, spent two seasons at Udinese making less than 30 appearances and hit number three uh, he's made more than 150 appearances for his current club uh, with some in both the UEFA Champions League and the UEFA Europa League. And the answer, of course, was from Napoli, Piotr Zielinski or Peter Zielinski. Um, my Polish friends maybe helped me out with that. But um, Enric was our listener who uh, got that <laughs> correct. And we will um, discuss his question for us after the break. Yay. All right. There you go. Who am I? I don't know. I don't know. Zoolander didn't know. Enric. But you know who did know? Enric knew. That's right. Uh, okay, so with that, <laughs> why don't we take a quick break here, and then again, when we get back, we'll get to uh, a little discussion here. All right, welcome back. Um Okay, so as teased right before the break, uh, Enric, of course, is our winner. Uh, and Chris, what was the question that Enric wanted to ask us? Um, so the question was essentially, uh, I'm just giving me a second here. I don't want to... Uh, butcher it. I don't want to butcher <laughs> it, yeah, or uh, misuse his words. Yeah, so Enric wanted us to discuss um, the level that the Serie, that Serie A is at right now is the, and is the league on the decline. Uh, seeing how the teams performed in the Champions League this year. Um, so whoever wants to start us off, go ahead, and we'll we'll see where this goes. And thanks again, Enric, for your question. Paulo, Paulo, go first. All right, so my first point is performances in the Champions League are, to me, separate from how the league is performing overall. Okay, so the reason why I say that is um, – that the league is actually, you know, they're gaining. To me, they're doing better than they were ten years ago. Uh, they're gaining more notoriety, good or bad, around the world. Um, there is an increase in money for TV rights in Italy and uh, abroad. For example, uh, CBS Sports signs Syria for the next three seasons, starting next season. Um, and then the reason why I said that. CL performances are separate is because it goes down to the fact that Italian teams aren't suited to play outside of Italy. For example, Inter is the best example. Uh, Julian can attest to this. Is that you know he saw um, 
for example, let's take Sassuolo. They Inter only beat Sassuolo one nothing, thirty percent present thirty uh, percent of possession, uh, and then they try to beat Shakhtar, who com- uh, plays in a complete almost a similar way, but still did not open up. Even um, even though they needed to win that game, it was a must win game, and were unable to open up, and and you know it caused them to get knocked out of Europe, and also have um, it put a stain on this season's uh, European Cup competitions because only one Italian team is so far in the quarterfinals. Right. Um, okay, Julian. Um. No, I. I think the league is actually getting stronger. Um, and I think this season, not just the title race, but the top seven in general, just the race for that, I think, proves that. Um, I mean, the past nine years, yes, Juventus have won, and credit to them. But for majority of those years, their main competitors were Napoli and Roma, right? You had Milan and Inter going through ownership changes. They both had financial issues. Um so now they've kind of seemed to turn the corner on that. I know Inter still has liquidity problems. Uh, Milan, their ownership, it's Elliot, it's still not 100% clear. Paulo's gotten into that before. We'll leave that for now, though. Um, but I think overall, the league itself, like, Inter's better, Milan's better, Lazio's better, Atalanta's better. Juve this season have regressed a little bit, but I don't think they're in a bad position overall. I think they're just missing a couple pieces here and there, and they'll be back to their old self. Um, so overall, I think the league is better. Now, again, we look at Europe. Um, it was a failure this year, quite frankly, for your Italian teams. Um, Inter, we all know what happened. They choked. However, I think if they were playing in Europe in their current form, it'd be a different Wait, story. what happened? Um, they lost. They finished fourth in their group. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Juventus lost the portal. Ten men portal. Yes, but we qualified. Uh and actually we finished first in the group. Uh yeah, that's the thing, yeah. right? Juve they did well <laughs> in the group stage. But then they kind of sucked the round after. Same with Lazio, they did well in the group stage and they had a horrible draw. Atalanta as well, they did well in the group stage and then had a horrible yeah. draw. Um so you could argue they've been unlucky, but I don't think the Champions League speaks for the Serie A's whole this season. Yeah, and I think you're you're right. Both you and Paulo make good points about again just the uh, as well like regardless of the draw as well. It was difficult, but again the the Italian game, the only one I'd say is uh, ready right now for Europe is probably Atalanta. Right, we saw it last year. We saw them make some noise and, and, and almost be PSG as well, right? They, they have a, a mentality about their game that allows them to be competitive uh, no matter the stage, it looks like, right? It just, you know, it happens that they don't have the type of squad that, uh, that a lot of other teams can, can put together because of their financials. Um, I'll say as well, and, and I think, again, Paula's point was more about the state of the league in terms of whether they're financially in a good spot, et cetera. I mean, again, I think more of the question is whether the the fact that there, again, there was a failure in Europe and there has been a failure in Europe for 10 years, is that uh, showing that it's, uh, that it's a league in decline? And, and again, I don't, I don't think so. And I think to Julian's point where all these other teams are starting to kind of 
um, show up as being a little more competitive, that's always going to be good. And again, you're right, Julian, the fact that Juventus were successful for nine years, it doesn't really, uh, and even during those nine years, we were always talking about how, you know, it, it is, they are a good team, but it's because of the weaker teams around them. And that's why they're able to dominate this much. So with having big teams, like, again, there's no doubt that uh, Milan is a bigger team that needs to be competitive for the league to be uh, a competitive league. But again, just look at who, you know, Ronaldo's in this league now. Um, I mean, albeit older, but Ronaldo's in this league. Ibra came back. Uh, Lukaku joined Inter, right? there's, There's a lot of bigger names that are starting to come here again, which we didn't see 10 years ago. So I think yeah, even Juve pulling the leg. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And again, that's that's something that for me that shows that the state of the league again is starting to crawl back. Um, I think what's going to change a little bit of whether we see it as a as the top league again, like it was right in the nineties, right? I, I think it's going to take a little bit more than uh, obviously Inter uh, is coming back, Milan, you know, Juventus. It, it's going to take a, a lot more competition and a little bit of a shift in mentality uh, for wanting to focus and devote a lot of resources towards winning in Europe, because that's really what's going to, again, drive the attention towards your league. It's not going to be, you know, Juventus winning for a 10th time or, 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 you know, whatever the case may be, right. That's, that's going to be okay. Yeah. It looks like league is dominated again, right. You want to be able to show people that, yeah, we have a competitive league because three of our teams made it to, you know, X stage in the Champions League or Europa League, whatever. Chris? Yeah, I mean, you guys have touched on a lot of good stuff. I would I would add, and I agree with Paulo that Champions League and Europa League, for that matter, shouldn't be th- your primary... Uh, way to assess the strength of a league. Uh, again, I recognize that, you know, PSG and I think it was Lyon, right? Mm-hmm. Both got to the semis last year. And I know it was a bit of a weird season, but I don't, you, you can't take Champions League success and then tell me that Liga is all of a sudden, you know, a top three league in Europe because two of their clubs got to the uh, finals of a Champions League one season. Um, that being said, I don't want to discredit uh, the Champions League and Europa League. I think there is some merit there. I think it does give you an idea of how strong a league is, but it can't be your primary reason for uh, assessing it. Um, and, and to answer Enric's question, uh, I agree with you guys. I don't think the league is on the decline. I, I think we're we're kind of on an upwards trend here, which is good. That being said, the next big step for the league to take and Paulo mentioned, you know, the TV rights and that money coming in, which is a huge bonus. But the next big step is for essentially all 20 clubs every year in Serie A to own their stadium, right? Uh, as we know, uh, 17 of the 20, I think, this year are, you know, leasing or renting their stadium. They don't own it. Uh, we know how financially stronger the three clubs, uh, so Sassuolo, Udinese, and Juve, right, are the three that own their stadium. Uh, yeah, correct. In Serie A, yes. In Serie A, yeah. Um, so those three clubs, I think we would agree, are probably you know financially in a bit better of a place, uh, even though Udinese and Sassuolo aren't you know big clubs. But I think that's the next big step for Serie A to get on, you know, the same level financially as some of the other top five leagues. So um, 
yeah, not on the decline, I think on the up for, you know, a lot of the same reasons you guys mentioned already. All right. So we discussed, um, Chris, I don't know if you remember this conversation, but this goes back to what we talked about offline and how um, you mentioned that there's some people who believe or get confused between the notion of performances in the Champions League and the state of uh, of the leagues in general. Um, for example, let's take Lille. Okay, uh, Lille plays in Ligue 1. Uh, Ligue 1 is under uh, tremendous uh, financial difficulties because of uh, they don't have um, very strong sponsorship um, contracts. Actually, I don't recognize the name of that league. Are you talking about the Uber Eats League? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and then um, as well, Lil is also backed by Elliot, and there have been no reports that uh, there was. Excuse me, there's a report in the New York Times that Lil is under very difficult financial strains and there is there's no one i read that article and no one said that they're willing to step in and to save the club even though you know chris they're they're in first place in league and unlike milan was Milan Milan was backed by elliot and elliot had no doubts about taking on milan as uh, as an acquired asset i mean elliot's in the same position for lil and there's no talks about absorbing lil and their and their debt as well, and contrast that with Italy. Okay, with Syria, sure, Italy has its economic problems, just like uh, almost every single European country does. But the thing is about Syria is actually they're uh, they're in the process of negotiating between the twenty clubs about selling um, uh, selling stakes of their of the league itself, like uh, I think it was 20% to uh, capital hedge funds. There was no talk of that going on in France because the hedge funds realized that there's no profit to be made in Ligue 1 and that, that Syria is growing compared to uh, the Bundesliga and the Premier League as well. So, um, you know, I, I find it very disingenuous and a very ignorant opinion of those who uh, believe that Ligue 1 is on the same stage as the Bundesliga or Syria. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, good points. Uh, the, the other thing I would add to is just with regards to Ligue 1, I don't want to crap on Ligue 1 because I've their fans, said this on Paul. Twitter, but I, or the, <laughs> I, I do think it's it's a good league, um, but just with comparing it to, you know, Serie A, for example, uh, you know, the average age... Um, on your league earned teams is, is very low and there's nothing wrong with that. They're, they're trying to develop young players, but I think not, I think it's probably fact that Serie A clubs, at least the top half do a much better job of retaining their players year to year. Whereas if league earned clubs, you know, are trying to develop these young players and then sell them off to keep a profit and kind of keep the doors open in some cases, uh, you know, Monaco is a good example and there's nothing wrong with the Monaco model where they're looking to buy, you know, the best 18, 19 year olds, keep them for two to three seasons and then sell them for a profit. So I got nothing wrong with that, but uh, I think if we're just looking at, looking at quality of the league, I think you have to look at, you know, player retention is probably one of those. Uh, I don't want to say key performance indicators, but something along KPIs. those lines, KPIs. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's uh, we could probably go on for, for hours with this and you could probably have people arguing from, a million different angles, but I think we, we covered our bases on that one. Yeah. 
I think at the end of the day, as long as Enric's happy about our conversation, <laughs> what more can we ask for? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. Well, again, great. Thanks guys. Uh, great conversation. Why don't we, uh, Chris, why don't you queue up what the next one is? Uh, our next, who am I? All right. So for this week, excuse me, hint number one, this player is currently out on loan. Mm. Hint number two, this French player has never scored a goal in Serie A. And then hint number three, this player has been managed by Marcelo Bielsa and has been teammates with Nikola Maksimovic. So those are the three hints for this week. And reminder, first one to get it right gets the opportunity to ask us a Serie A or Calcio-related question, which we'll discuss on the next episode. What an interesting set of hints. So why don't you read them again? The first one was a little... um... Uh, he's on loan. He's currently out on loan. Yeah. That was hit number one. Hit number two. This French player has never scored a goal in Serie A. And hint number three. He has been managed by Marcelo Bielsa and has been teammates with Nikola Maksimovic. All right. Well, there you go. Who am I? I don't know. I truly don't know. I think Chris is still in with the nose. Do you guys know? No, I'm trying to think. Paul's going to pull it out of his ass. Yeah, Paul, don't, don't, <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. don't, don't guess it. Don't get, let, uh, no, just in no, case. No, just in case. I'm yes. trying to think, but yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, uh, well, again, with that, why don't we take a break? Um, and when we come back, we can uh, wrap up with, uh, we have a few more discussion points. We'll also have a Who Am I, I believe. Uh, Paul will have a, a City of B minute. It'll be, uh, it'll be a good time. So why don't we, uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, we have no song, Paulo. You didn't give me a song, so we're not getting a song here. Boo. Damn it. That's boo. I know. Boo. Boo this man. <laughs> yeah, boo, boo Michael. Man. Boo. No, we're booing you, you fool. <laughs> no, it's boo you. Boo you. I gave you, I gave you, I gave you a song. You just chose not to play. Yeah, it sucked. Anyways, um, <laughs> let's, uh, <laughs> let's wrap up the show here. Uh, what are we doing? Chris? We're going to discuss Roma's exploits in Europe. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We'll go. Quiet, quiet, quiet. Uh, okay, yes. Yeah. So, Roma, the uh, last uh, remaining titan of Italian soccer in Europe, uh, of course, was uh, uh, playing Europa League this past week on Thursday, I believe, right? Yeah. That makes sense. Europa League's on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what happened there? I'll, so they got very lucky. Um, the first goal was scored by Ajax uh, late in the first half. Um, the only thing, I guess, my big comment on it is it was kind of a, almost a 50-50 ball between, I think it was Klassen and Mancini, about 15 yards outside of Roma's 18-yard box. And Mancini seemed to just kind of hesitate. And then he started backpedaling. And that gave... Class had kind of the window to not only take the ball, but to progress forward. And that led to the first goal for Ajax. Um, I think they could have had one prior to that, but it was 1-0 for Ajax going into halftime. Uh, and then around the 50, 53rd, 54th minute, I think it was, uh, Ajax earned a PK 
their captain, Dusan Tadic, steps up and puts it basically right down the middle. So that was saved. Um, so that would have made it 2-0, uh, albeit two home goals. But nonetheless, uh, Roma uh, tied it a couple minutes after that through a free kick from Pellegrini. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, it should have been stopped 10 times out of 10. That should be stopped. I don't know if the goalkeeper was maybe screened by somebody in the wall or if there was a strong gust of wind that came through. But Roma got lucky to make it 1-1. And then, of all people, um, centre-back Ibanez smashes it in in the 87th minute uh, to make it 2-1 Roma, uh, making it two away goals. Uh, and as we know, that's crucial if you can win your away leg. Um, so, yeah, I... Yeah, I would definitely say Roma were lucky. Um, I think 2-1 Ajax would have been a fair score at the end of the day, but kudos to them for going through. Again, reminder to everybody, two weeks ago, I did predict Roma to go through to the final. Um, So this looks good for me anyways. He did. He did. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Chris, I think Stecklenburg was hurt or COVID. One or the Mm. other. I know the keeper was like an 18 or 19-year-old kid. Yeah, it, it was yeah, a, sorry, it was a thing. thing, right? Uh, well, no, I just wanted to say that um, Diarwaro is should be a blame for uh, Ajax's first goal. I know uh, Mancini kind of uh, backed off for a good, yeah. you know, ten yards, but again, it, it was Diarwaro that sold him sold him short. I mean, you're right in the sense that he could have challenged, but even if he did challenge him. Uh, Klaus most likely would have gotten away and it still would have, you know, gained the box with relative ease. Um, also, it was uh, Ibanez that gave up the uh, the, yep. the PK um, for Roma and he managed, you know, uh, as you said, Chris, uh, to score the sec- uh, second goal, the nice volley. Um, I mean, it, this, this does set up uh, Roma quite well with having, as you said, Chris, two away goals. Um, and most likely, they... Uh, rested some players. I know Pastore came on as a substitute uh, against Bologna, which uh, at that point you should know where Roma's, uh, you know, head is at in the sense that if you play a player who hasn't played in legit months, uh, to coming off uh, coming off the bench before the second leg of a Europa League uh, quarterfinals. I think Roma will be well prepared for this uh, for the second leg coming up on Thursday. Let's hope. Indeed, My- Michael. Yes. <laughs> what? Well, I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought you were going to make a joke about Pastoria having only played one game in like two years. Why would I make fun of him for that? I've played zero <laughs> games. Yes, but like Roma paying him like three and a half million euros a season. Michael is not getting paid three and a half million euros a season. <laughs> I'm not getting that. Okay, well, exactly. That's my point. This man's making making me look like a fool. That's <laughs> yeah. you are a fool. I, I see. I see. Okay, let's get back to Roma. Chris, uh, Chris, what do you think about the second leg? Yeah, I I like how attack-minded Fonseca has Roma being, um, but I do find they leak goals at, at bad times and set it out anyway, so... I'll be curious to see how aggressive Fonseca has his starting 11 come out. Uh, as I feel like there's been a trend, you know, where to, to not set up to just defend for 90 minutes because good teams will punish you for that. So 
I think Roma will have to go out and, you know, play their game for the most part and maybe just not take as many risks as they usually do. Um, because uh, Ajax will have to score two goals to win this at the end of the day. So if they can nip, nick one on the counterattack, then that should all but uh, seal it for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I'm I'm looking forward to this game as well because, uh, you know, they're Italy's only hope. And also, um, like you said, Chris, I don't think Rome are going to sit back mm-hmm. for, for this one. Uh, but I, I think the two-way goals in my opinion, should be enough to see them through. Let's hope. Yeah, let's hope. Yeah, let's hope so, yeah. And again, let's credit to Chris because uh, he called it. Um, He said, watch it happen, and (laughs) we are watching it currently happen. Uh, uh, We'll see what happens. So obviously there's um, the final leg, and I don't know. It it wasn't as, uh, Chris, you kind of mentioned this, it wasn't really as convincing. They kind of, it was lucky of a result for Roma. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if something happens in the second leg, like Ajax come and uh, dominate for some reason. But that's me, the uh, the, the forever, um, I'm not pessimist, I guess, just... Uh, realist, yeah. I guess, realist. <laughs> well, I mean, Roma have a decent record at home this season. And like the, like the only teams, that, like the only games that they lost is against the top seven and you know i think the top seven italy are a bit better than than ajax in my opinion right okay well great um best of luck to roma uh moving on here uh why don't we do should we do city b minute first or do you want to do the Uh, other first go ahead paulo do your city b minute yeah okay city b minute Let's see here. There was uh, a very important games that were played, especially in terms of the relegation race. Uh, Pascar picked up a, a point in a 1-1 draw against uh, Brescia. Ascoli with a very important win over Monza, 1-0. Venezia beat Cosenza, 3 uh, 3-0. Lecce lost at home to Spal, 2-1. And Empoli won away to Reggiana, 1-0. So games for next week. Very important for Pescara as they host Antella, who are at the bottom. Uh, Pisa play Cosenza. Regina host, excuse me, Regina hosts Regina. Empoli hosts Brescia. And Spal host Ascoli. Uh, let's see here. So the Serie B table so far uh, 62 points for Empoli in first. Lecce 58. Salernitana 57. Venezia 53. Monza 52. Spal 50. Kiev 48, Cittadella 47, uh, 47. And then down in 16th position is Ascoli 34, Cosenza 32, Regiana 31, Pescara 28, and Tella 22. So there you go. So uh, Pescara are only four points back of uh, escaping the automatic drop. And they also play, and so they, as I said, they play Antella uh, coming up this weekend. And the following week, they also play Cosenza. So those two games can definitely decide their future, whether they're staying in Serie B or not. Absolutely. So it's going to be an exciting... Oh, you didn't mention uh, Esposito's free kick goal. Where he scored for Venezia? Yeah, he scored second goal on a Venezia shirt. It was a nice free kick. Yeah. 25 yards out, top corner. I mean, both goals that he scored so far, like, they're notable goals. Like, they're nice goals as well. Yeah. Yeah. Michael? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, uh, we'll see what happens. It's, it's going to be an exciting, uh, I guess, couple of weeks. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking for it. Hopefully, Skyr can survive the drop for two straight seasons. Yeah. Um, okay, let's um, let's move on then. Again, let's go to uh, our final segment here. The uh, the the our favorite part because we get to have fun here, and Chris <laughs> gets to try to stump us. But it's uh, the who am I? I don't know for the boys here. So what do you got? Who am I? All right, so hint number one for this episode. This player has made less than 50 appearances in Serie A and less than 15 appearances for his country. Hint number two, his current Serie A club club, paid less than 25 million euros for his transfer fee. And hint number three, this player has not won a league title or league cup from one of Europe's top five leagues. So I'll go again. Hint number one, this player has made less than 50 appearances in Serie A and less than 15 appearances for his country. His current Serie A club, this is hint number two, his current Serie A club paid less than 25 million euros for his transfer fee. And hint number three, this player has not won a league title or league cup from one of Europe's top five leagues. Hit number one, one uh, this player has made less than 50 appearances in Serie A and less than 15 appearances for his country. Yeah, less than 50. Okay. Hmm. So we know he <laughs> sucks because he's never won before. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's a good point. <laughs> okay, uh, I can't really gather much from these hints. Like, nothing good. at all. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't complain to me. Um, well, I, yeah, I, you, I, we should. You're the one that creates these hints. Okay, what's the... Like, yeah, really we need, really the need a bonus hint. Yeah, 100%. Okay. I, there's way too many guys. All right, right bonus hint. This player is a defender. Defender. And okay, do we know when he came to Syria? Um, no. It's a, that'd be another hint. Let me uh, keep thinking. I will review his profile to see if I can give you that answer. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, well, so it's less than 50, so it's got to be maybe a couple of years or he's a substitute and it's been like four years. So he, I will, I will right? answer your, your question, Paulo. He came to Serie A for the 2017 season. And it was less than 25 million. He was less than 25 million. Yeah. He's made less than 15, one five appearances for his country. Um, and he has not won a league title or league cup from one of Europe's top five leagues. And then your bonus hint was that he is a defender. Okay. Defender, Kim, defender, 25 million euros. Essentially hasn't won anything of significance. 
So it can't be Romagnoli. No, he's played more than 50 times in Serie A. Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. no, but he came in... Yeah. Didn't you just say he came in 2017? So it's... So he'd it's, have to be like a sub, like squad player. 2017 yes. a lot of seasons. Like if he was a starter, had... he would pass 50 appearances by now. Right. He's got less than 50 and less than 15. First current yes. club, correct? 15 F- for a net. 5-0, yeah, for a club. And 15-1-5 for country. Wait, wait, for his current, like 50 Serie yeah. appearance for his current club? Okay, I don't know why I'm thinking Romagnoli, but and he's a defender. Yeah, Romagnoli's way over there. Yeah, fifty appearances. Yeah, fifty appearances. Okay, twenty seventeen. Oh, can't be twenty five million euros. Who who could pay? No, it's less than twenty five. It's not twenty five. It could be. It could, be it could have been ten million. Okay, and cool. I'm pretty sure one with Leo. Okay, like there's no like nothing of like significance in anything that he said. When you when you know <laughs> the answer, then you will. That's why there is shoot. significance. You just can't put them together right now. You guys were. You might hate me, Chris, but I'm going to guess Fazio. All right. I'll let you guys decide if you want to submit that. So, why Fazio? I don't remember exactly what year he came, but it would have been around 2017. He's been in Syria for a few years now. I don't think he's made that many appearances for Argentina. I don't think he's. Although he did play a lot of his first season with Roma. Yeah, but I think he's made more than 50 appearances, though. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Serie A, though, that's the question. because he's... Hmm. Yeah, no, I think he would have made more than 50. Yeah, I don't think it's... Yeah, you're right. And Godin has won a title he... in Spain, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, Atletico won, I think. But he was after... He was last season. He only... This is second season, Serie A. Um, okay. He's a defender. Who came in 2017? This is the longest <laughs> part of the pod because it's just us thinking. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's why I'm just trying to throw out answers here. Uh, Paula, give me Napoli defenders. Um, Maximovic? Could it be Maximovic? No, he, he's probably hit. 50. Yeah, I think he has more. No, I don't think so. To be honest, because you remember he was injured for a bunch of like bunch of uh, games. He had like a knee injury as well. And he doesn't All right, start one minute anymore. timer starting now. Oh, oh god! Yeah, oh, oh, so, you know what? Oh my you know god. what? Let's say let's do Mixinovich. <laughs> but like, no, it's <laughs> no. I don't like Mixinovich. Yeah. 
Um, okay, who else? What about uh, like? Okay, who who, Four, who? What team would Chris take a player out. from? <laughs> okay, remember, like it's usually a player that we already mentioned. No, it's, meant- it's not. No, that's not mm. the case. It sometimes just works out that way. <laughs> Fine, if you don't want Mixinovich, then let's do Fazio then. No, but we just determined it wasn't Fazio either. Paulo, come on. We have thirty seconds. Okay, I vote Mixinovich. <laughs> you fool. But he, he came in after 2017 from Torino. Oh my God. From Torino. Is he it... played with Torino. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. No, but he's Three, it's, it's two, less than 50 studio appearances one. with his current oh. club. Time's up. Okay, I'm going to say, okay. I'm going to say, Chris, um, uh, Dix. This was a hard one, so I'll let you submit two answers. As a group. Each? So, okay, I say McSinovich is one. No, yeah, I, it's such a okay, bad... <laughs> okay, what, what's the... Okay, what's the... What's, what's the correct what hit What do you mean, what's the one? correct What? With his current... Sure, if you want me to refine it. Yeah, so, yeah, the player has made less, less than, than 50, 50 appearances in Serie A with his current club, and then less than 15 for his country. Okay, maybe he's playing more with Serbia. So Maximovich is out yeah, or in? Okay, fine. Um, you know, it's out. Because he's played more than 50 All times right. for Serbia for sure. Uh, and I'm, I have no idea. You got to think of, of clubs that Chris would pull a player from and then just guess one of their players. Five seconds. Overtime. Oh, Three, my God. Oh, my two, God. One. I'll go Milankovic. Parma. Eight. Milankovic who, is one answer. I'm, I'm, I'm accepting that. Second answer. Dykes? <laughs> no, but he is. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. You it's none of those for sure, are incorrect right. on all of your guesses. The correct answer Damn is it. Rick Karsdorp. Ooh, so he's one. made, I think, like 40-ish appearances in Serie A, around 10 appearances for the Netherlands, maybe less than that. Uh, Roma paid, I think, high teens for uh, for his transfer fee. Yeah, and the only trophies he's won were the Eredivisie uh, League and League Cup, and then obviously the Defender. So, Well done to me. Yep. Yep. Thanks. Jeez. Good work, Chris. That, but part of that is like we just asked. We didn't ask a good question. We we need to listen, guys. The three of us need to smarten up. We can't just have Paulo uh, bombard us with stupidity. You hear me, Paulo? Can't relax, Michael. No, I don't take losing kindly. Yeah, well, he asked. Uh, you know, tough. He had Indeed. tough hints this week. He did. And he had tough did. hints last week too. And he did. Yeah, he did. Well, we got it right last week. Yeah, you guys pulled did it we? out of your ass. No, yeah, I... we did. Did we? Uh, Who was right. it last week? Yes. Strootman? Yeah. Yeah. Strootman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's why Chris made it so hard. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, that was well, we uh, 45 he was minutes. Dutch. I told you once I gave uh, you the answer, you would Dutch. connect the There's another Dutch player. The dots. Anyways, I win. Damn it. Ah. Yeah. Again, okay, 45 Michael, go minutes. ahead and wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's 45 minutes of us trying to guess it and uh, four or five minutes of me saying, Paulo, no, you fool. <laughs> but uh, in the end, again, Chris hey, is bravo. the winner. So uh, congratulations, Chris, here. Um, okay, well, uh, what a fun, what a friggin' fantastic episode we had here, guys. Uh, why don't we uh, quickly, what do we learn this week? Start with Paulo, end with Julian. <laughs> Second will be Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that it's only a formality before Inter wins. What? You said only, you asked me what I what oh, I was only for formality. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is that it, Paulo? Or you uh... got it? Okay. Uh, what did I learn? I guess yes, I learned yeah, uh, how strongly Paulo feels about uh, the Uber Eats League. <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> Uber Eats League. <laughs> That's fair. Hey, we knew that. Um, I learned that uh, I can't trust Paulo. Uh, anymore for these uh, things unless I, I have to like spoon feed him some like really good hints then he'll pull something out of his butt but unless there's if there's no like you know there's no probe in there which is, sounds gross because he's pulling <laughs> stuff out of his butt he, he won't be able to pull anything that's what I that's what I learned oh jeez Julian <laughs> um and hey listen I learned I don't know what I learned not much. <laughs> Great. Uh, with that, why don't we call it a show? Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Please follow us on uh, Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, we're at RTWCalcio, and on Twitter, we're at Rete This Way. Um, we will be back next week with a new episode, of course, and... Uh, and I'm sure we'll have some uh, announcement on uh, who we had a, another jersey giveaway. We'll probably announce who won that one as well this week. Uh, we got a lot going on here, so uh, just kind of pay attention to our social feeds, and we'll we'll make sure to keep everybody posted. Uh, but with that, uh, we'll call it a pod. And uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye.